0: Thank you, Roxanne. Well, uh, yesterday, I came to men's breakfast to eat. And then Pastor Lee said, Tom, can I speak to you for a minute? I go, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) He said, somebody was supposed to preach tomorrow, but they are sick. Can you? Do you have something up your sleeve? I said, well, you know, Back in Sierra Leone, where I worked for 23 years as a pastor and trainer of pastors, Pastor Lee's request was pretty, you know, far in advance. <laughs> because in Sierra Leone, I go to a church to visit one of the pastors. And as I walk through the door, and the pastor comes out to me, Reverend Simbo, you are here. And... You know, you're a senior pastor, can you preach? (laughs) (laughs) And so I always had sermons in my Bible on the back or in the middle of an empty page. I still do, but, you know, as he asked me yesterday, I said, yeah, sure, I will do something. And so I went back to my, you know, computer and found something that might relate to us today as fathers, but also as people of God. So here we are. I'm going to take you to an Old Testament book called Judges. You know, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 4 Samuel, second Samuel. So if you have your Bible, open to Judges chapter 6. And happy Father's Day. I forgot about that. But uh, here we are, a Gideon for our time, a Gideon for our time. Let's pray. Father God, we pause to say, speak to us. Open our hearts, open our minds. And thank you for every father represented here. We learn from you as our Heavenly Father. But we also thank you for every man in this church and those who are not here today, every young man who will eventually become a father, Lord. We thank you for their lives, the dreams they have, and the plans they have. May you help, may you bless, may you guide. In Jesus' name, amen. A Gideon for our time. In celebration of Father's Day, I would like to introduce you to the man who was called by God, even though he was reluctant to take the assignment at first, because he did not think much of himself when he was approached. Gideon was a man of contrasts. On the one hand, he became a man who led a handful of warriors against a larger army and won a great victory. But on the other hand, when we first met Gideon, he was filled with doubts, fears, and questions. He was a man who started off by questioning God's plan, yet he did God's will. The Bible is full of records of people like Gideon. And no church has people who do that. I question God sometimes. I doubt. God, did you really want me to do this? God, are you speaking? (laughs) If you are, give me a sign. Gideon lived in a time when Israel was in turmoil. You know, at this time, if you read the book of Joshua, in the last, you know, Place, it says, it was a time in Israel where there was no king and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. (laughs) So, the, the whole country was in turmoil. There was no king, no prophets, but only... Once in a while, the people come together and say, oh, we have wronged God. Give us something. Help us. And God will give them judges. And Gideon was one of those. His nation was under attack, discouraged, and living in fear. Don't we live in such situation today? Don't we live in fear? You open the radio or the TV, you don't know what's next. Yes, AIDS, cholera, Flood, drought, COVID, war. It's like every day, there's something coming up. And we go, what in the world is happening? Well, Gideon lived in that times too. But Israel's main problem was in the time of despair, they counted God out. They counted not the. You're going ahead of me here. <laughs> so, let's, let's slow down a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I've not come to those points yet. Okay? But here we are. God calls Gideon. He wanted him to do a specific task. So, let's look at his circumstances. Let's look at where Gideon was and what the times were. First thing we notice as we read Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 24, we notice that Israel was in a time of poverty. Verses 4 to 6 talks clearly about dark days for the people of Israel. A time of poverty. Food was scarce and also the people were impoverished in verse 4 the last part of verse 4 tells us that the people were impoverished food was scarce and where Gideon was when God called him he was hiding in a cave he was threshing wheat in a cave Usually, threshing floors were an open area where the wind can blow and take away the the husk and leave the barley. But here he was. He was under an oak tree. And so verse 11 tells us an angel came. So it was a time of poverty, but it was a time of persecution also. The time of persecution. Israel lived in fear. Other nations terrorized them. Gideon and his people were suffering under the harsh intents of persecution. The Midianites were the specific nations who were prosecuting the Israelites. You know what they did? When the Israelites planted... The medianers will come with their camels and horses and just run through their farms and take away all the crops, the animals, and everything. Imagine that. Imagine that. I'm sure the people of Ukraine are experiencing that now. And pretty soon Taiwan will be experiencing that. Where a powerful nation comes and takes away everything. My country, Sierra Leone, where I was born, saw that for 11 years, between 1991 and 2001, it was a time when you never know what comes next. You sleep in one town, and the next day or the next week, you're in another town, running away with everything that you have in a little sack. You never know where next. And this is what Israel was facing, a time of persecution. And today, we live at a time when the rights of the majority are subjugated to the wishes and desires of the powerful. How true that is. In my second country of citizenship, America, there are few people who think they have the right to tell everybody what to do and what to have. It's a time in America when right is wrong, and wrong is right. You are celebrated if you lie too much. You're prosecuted if you speak the truth. We live in a different times in the world today. God must be saying, like he said to the Israelites, what is wrong with these people? But thank God He calls a Gidian oftentimes, and you men that are seated here today, and even the women that are seated here today. He may be calling you to say, "Come out and do something." Added to the persecution and the poverty, there was also a time of powerlessness, a time of powerlessness. Jadon and his people were overpowered by the Midianites and the other nations. It was a difficult time for God's people. But let us recognize today, like Israel, we are also living in difficult times. We are living in days when economic uncertainty has many people fearing that they will be forced into poverty. Factories get closed. Workers get redundant. People sent home to say go work from home and maybe work only three days. All of this is happening in our world. We live in days when it seems there will be little spiritual power among God's people. Because we made material possessions the heart of the message When you hear a pastor say Jesus is not coming yet because people are not giving to us so we can buy jets, you wonder what is wrong with the message that we preach. Now it is true. A pastor in America is on the news saying the reason Jesus is not coming yet is because people are not giving enough so pastors can be rich and buy jets. Sometimes I say, oh Lord, why am I a pastor? <laughs> because when those things come out of somebody's mouth and they say they're reading the Bible, I go, ah, it's some different Bible. Some different Bible. But Gideon lived in a difficult and troubled times. Poverty, persecution, powerlessness. But out of this Circumstance, God comes in and meets him. Chapter 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a cherubim tree, an oak tree, was in opera, which belonged to Joash, the Abizzerite, while his son Gideon on threshold with in the vine press, in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel, verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. God comes in this circumstance of great turmoil and calls out a man. Even though Gideon was successfully leaving or hiding from the enemy, the Lord knew exactly where he was. Now sometimes we men, we people, think, oh, I am a nobody. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows about me. While that may be true, if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, God knows about you. God sees you. Your name may not be in the papers, and that's okay. Your name may not be in the seven news or nine news, and that's okay. But your name is written in the book where nobody can erase. Amen? So God knew Gideon. God knew where he was. And so he sends an angel. Now, what we have here, uh, Bible commentators have said this was a theophany. A theophany in theological terms is when God appears to people in the form of human being. A theophany. So an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And they converse. And they converse. In this call, God gives a promise to Gideon. And when the Lord spoke to Gideon, he spoke with words of hope and assurance. And the angel said to Gideon, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Gideon says, wait a minute, God is with me? God is with us? That can't be true. Look at what is happening to my country. You know, I am hiding here in this cave, threshing my wheat because I don't want the Midianites to see me. I don't want them to come grab it from me. And you say, God is with me? Come on. You must be joking. (laughs) The Gideonites did not, the Midianites did not know where Gideon was. But God comes and he says, the Lord is with you. Gideon could not see it. He could not believe it. He could not sense it. It sure didn't look like it. Because he was not having it. So he tells the angel, God is not with us. God is not with us. Now it's been 250 years when the last great miracle for the country of Israel happened. When God pulled them out of Egypt. And so Gideon is just a young man. He goes... Our fathers told us about all these things, but where is that God? Where is he? But God's promise saying, I am with you. I am with you. You know, oftentimes... When things are not working well in my life, in your life as a child of God, that's when the devil lets us think, God has gone on vacation. He has abandoned us. He's not here. Where is the God of the Bible that works miracles? Where is he? is there. He is there. And so he meets Gideon and promises him, I am with you. But he also gives a perception of Gideon that he was not aware of. You know, when Satan tells you and me that we are worth nothing, we are nobodies, God says otherwise. God says, you, Tom, you are my own and you have great potentials. Do we oftentimes need to hear that? Yes. Yes, we do. Because our world around us is full of disparaging news. And God has to come. And say to me, Tom, you got the power, you've got the talent, you have the wisdom, and you have great potential in you to do great things for me, if you can only come along with me. So God gives him a promise, say, I am with you, but he gives him a perception. You are a mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon was a man who was so afraid of the enemy that he was hiding behind a wine press, threshing his wheat in a cave. He was full of fear. But the Lord saw what Gideon would be when he got through with him. God intended to take Gideon and use him in a great way. God sees that in you. God sees that in you. God has called you to be his own as a Christian man, a Christian young man, a Christian woman, because he has seen potential in you. He knows you can do exploits for him. The only problem is sometimes we're still stuck in our fear. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, what will people think of me? Oh, what will my friends do to me? Gideon has all those questions. But God said, come on. I am calling you. I am with you and you can do it. He says that to you. He says that to me. Gideon has a lot of questions. So, here are the challenges that he had. Gideon's reaction to the angel's greetings was skepticism. When he heard the words of the Lord, he was amazed by what he heard. He could not see how the Lord could possibly be, taking, be talking to him. So he reacted to what the Lord said by questioning the Lord's word. So first he questions God's presence. In verse 13, Gideon says, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where all these miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Hmm. So he questioned God's presence. You are with us? Come on. It must be your shadow. Gideon wanted to know where the proof of God's presence can be found. If God was really with his people, shouldn't they be experiencing victory instead of defeat? I mean, Gideon questions. But he also questioned God's power. Gideon wanted to know where all the miracles have gone. It's been 250 years when they were freed from Egypt, miraculously. It's been 200 years when God parted the Jordan waters and they marched through. And now, they've been permitted by foreign countries, left and right. How can you say you are with us he questioned God's perception not only his power but he questioned God's perception verses 14 and 15 then the Lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites have I not sent you So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. When God says you have power, you better believe it. Because remember he has said in the beginning, I am with you. One of the great preachers have always said, You and God are the majority. Let the whole world say no. But if God says yes and he wants you to say yes with him, you are the majority. And so Gideon questioned God's perception. You remember the angel referred to him as a man of valor in verse 11. And Gideon's response was basically to say, God, you have the wrong man. (laughs) You're talking to the wrong guy, God. He tells the Lord that he couldn't be right. He tells the Lord that he can be a deliverer because, look at the excuses. One, "Um, my father's house is poor. No one will follow me. And he does best to tell God that he was not fit for the task. He points to his tribe, his father's clan. Do you recall somebody else telling God that in Exodus? Yeah, Moses. Moses. God says, I have a great task for you to go deliver Israel. And he goes, uh, I can't even talk well, I I, I, I am not able to talk. God said, who made your mouth? Who made your tongue? I am sending you. So Gideon makes the same excuse. While many of us are like Gideon, we know the Lord wants us to serve him, We might even understand that he wants us to be used for his glory, but we are filled with fear and timidity. And sometimes we just don't want to do it. Gideon did what Moses did and many others after him. But these men, though they came up with all the excuses they could, what the Lord said they could do, the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. He questioned God's perception of him. He questioned God's power. But God had to confirm him. God had to confirm Gideon to say this is what I want you to do and you can do it so verse 16 come down to verse 24 God confirmed Gideon by a presentation and thank God we serve a patient God who have just done what he always does Follow through with his call upon our lives and make us do what he wants us to do. So God confirms Gideon by presentation. Gideon asked for a sign. He said, how can I know you are sending me? And he makes up an offering and brings the offering before the Lord. And the Lord accepted that offering by making it glow in fire. And it was all consumed. The Lord received the offering. And all of this was to say to Gideon, God was going to use him in a mighty way. God was going to use him in a mighty way. Gideon says I want to know more I want to see more of this and so he questioned God's perception and the Lord confirmed it with a promise you shall not die he says in 22 and 20 coming down to 24 you shall not die. Now, the reason that was said in Exodus 33, verse 20, it is written that no one shall see God face to face and live. So here, the angel of the Lord appears to Exodus thirty-three twenty. 20. The angel of the Lord appears to him, and he sees face to face, and he goes, Wow. When he offers this offering, and the Lord comes back to confirm his call upon his life with a promise saying, You shall not die. You shall not die. Yes, you've seen the face of God. But in that promise, God also spoke to Gideon's heart. And Gideon built an altar. Confirmed his call upon his life, made a promise. Gideon found peace in submission and worship when he submitted to the Lord's will for his life. And when he fell before the Lord in humble worship, Gideon found a place of comfort. We cannot fight against God's will. It will only be done to our own detriment. If God is saying, go here, do this, walk this way, if we keep rebelling and rebelling and rebelling, we always are going to be in distress, in discomfort, until we return and say, Lord, here am I, like Jonah. I will go. I will do this. And Gideon found out that he has to submit to God's call. I have come to tell you on this day when we appreciate and recognize the fathers, I've come to tell you that God still is at work today to call people, And God wants to use you as a man, young man, as a father, grandfather, and as a mother too. God still is in the business of calling people and using them. But the opposite is true. If we want turmoil in our lives, in our souls... Just walk a different path from the one God has planned for you and for your life. If you want sleepless nights, go away from God's plan for your life. Walk away. If you want peace, one of the promises that God spoke to Gideon was shalom. Peace be with you. And when Gideon offered his sacrifice, he said, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Until I do, until you do what God wants to do with your life, you will never know peace. But when you agree with God and walk with him, John says in 14 verse 27 there's peace that he gives to you and to me that the world does not give will you be a Gideon for our time as a man as a woman as a young man will you Here are six principles to help us wrap it all up. God uses ordinary people to accomplish his will. God uses ordinary people to accomplish his will. Yes, he uses weak people like us. We don't have to be great to be used by God. He uses us and makes us great. Number two, we should always look at what God wants us to do instead of what we cannot do. Don't tell God I cannot do this if he asks you to do it. He has all the power. He has all the resources. Number three, God will walk with us no matter the times we live in. Whether it be COVID times, monkey pox time, or baboon pox time, he will use us. The circumstances around our lives does not matter to God if he wants to use us. He will pull us out and use us for his glory and for our good. Number four, God does not take excuses when he calls us to do his will. He does not accept excuses. He can hear them But if he's saying, Tom, go, he doesn't take excuses. Number five, God sees beyond our frailties and our insufficiencies. He sees. He knows that Tom has some limitations. He knows that Tom has problems. He knows that. It's not that he's surprised to him. But he still says, come on, Tom. I have something for you to do. Go do it. Number six. Until we meet God and have a personal relationship with him, we cannot find peace. We can have everything we need to have in this world. But... Without God, there will be no peace. And Gideon found out that even though in this land of need and turmoil, and he's there in that threshing floor hiding with some little food, he still did not have peace until God came in his life and called him out. And finally, he could say, Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. Men, women, do you want peace in your life? Come on with God. Walk with God. And he will make something great out of your life. He has done it he would do it again. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're still in the business of working with ordinary folks like us. Here at North Church, Lord, we commend ourselves to you, every member, young and old, to say, here we are, Lord, do what you need to do with us to make the city epping and the state great. Use us in our little ways, whether at work, at school, at home, in the neighborhood, wherever, Lord. Thank you in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen.